This talk is offered by Ordinary Mind Zendo. Ordinary Mind was founded by Barry Magid, Dharma heir of Charlotte Joko Beck, and is dedicated to her vision of a psychologically minded Zen practice adapted to the needs of American students practicing in the context of their everyday lives. Our public programs are made possible by donations from people like you. Not that long ago, a uh, young fellow named Matt Bieber interviewed me uh, for uh, Wisdom's uh, blog, author page, whatever, and uh, it's an interview that's posted up on the Huffington Post, if you're interested. Uh, but he, after talking to me for a while, he uh, titled this uh, interview, uh, Everybody Meditates for the Wrong Reason. <laughs> and I guess uh, he was focusing on uh, the idea of secret practices from uh, my book, Ending the Pursuit of Happiness. But I don't think he really got around to uh, our talking about uh, what it would mean to practice for the right reasons. And that uh, that turns out to be a um, subtler and more difficult question to try to articulate what is right effort what are the right reasons to practice. In Zen, it's almost as if the notion of reasons and practice are antithetical uh, to one another. Uh, like the way the, the old question of uh, why did Bodhidharma come from the West one old master said, if there was any reason at all, he might as well have stayed home. Uh, the dilemma is that um, we all have reasons for practicing, but we're entangled in them. And the entanglements themselves uh, become part of what we of how we suffer we all in one way or another say we practice to relieve suffering and yet our solutions become part of the problem there's an old uh, story in um, T.C. Boyle's first book short stories the name is escaping me at the moment but it's one of these uh, <coughs> comic stories of um, an ecological fix gone awry, you know, sort of the report of an island that was overrun with rats, so they import snakes, which then, you know, go wild and they import mongooses, which then run wild and so they import cats and you know, so forth and so on and so forth. And it just ramifies in all these uh, different directions and it's really a comic tour de force. 
The point is that our minds are usually like ecologies like that run amok, where our solutions have by now far outstripped the original problems that uh, mm-hmm. ever set them in motion. We see that in a thousand kinds of ways. You know, somebody who is nervous around people, isolates themselves, but the isolation makes them lonely, so they start to drink, you know, and the drink, you know, so forth and so on. We, we're caught in a cascade of avoidances and solutions and the side effects of our solutions and, you know, what we do to relieve the side effects of the side effects. It's uh, literally endless. So in practice, what we do in a room like this, in a certain sense, is nothing at all. Uh, We leave everything alone, or we create a structure in which we can sort of gradually back up uh, the whole sequence of solutions that have uh, run amok in our mind. And it's, it's a practice of literally sitting still and making being physically still a paradigm for being still with whatever thing in our mind we've come here to avoid or get rid of. Whether that's a feeling like anxiety or racing thoughts or particular thoughts that we don't know what to do with. Most of our life is spent trying to fix, improve, or escape. And meditation is very literally a matter of sitting still with the things we would otherwise avoid. And Joko always emphasized that kind of non-avoidance as the uh, core of practice. Uh, And yet when we talk about practice that way, uh, it tends to have a, a kind of um, negative connotation, and it's sort of hard to aspire to that. Right? It's 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 more of a an undoing than a doing. Um, we can say that. A different level of motivation for practice gradually emerges uh, when all those other reasons to practice begin to die down, uh, but that we have to go through a long process of subtraction, uh, clearing the ground, so to speak, uh, before anything else is going to uh, have room there. I tried to describe something about the space that is revealed when all those secret practices come to a halt. Uh, in the title of the book, Nothing is Hidden. Uh, that's something of a description of where we can find ourselves when we stop fixing or avoiding. Uh, that in fact the empty space uh, that is left is not empty but actually 
is our life itself and contains everything that we thought was uh, was missing. Uh, you know, Joko you always said that when it takes people a long time to find out what practice really is, and once they do, they quit. Uh, because we uh, we see that what practice really is is giving up on these secret practices and staying with what our minds are actually like and uh, she basically thought the majority of people uh, if you expose one secret practice will simply go across the street to a different teacher and promises of a different one and I think that but there's a fair amount of truth to that. Uh, but what we're trying to do, you know, we've been here a while now. Uh, we're going to be coming up on 20 years soon. Uh, not that many people are around from the beginning. It's amazing I am. But um, there's a way in which what we're trying to do is see what does it mean to actually articulate a sustainable practice uh, that's other than just exposing everybody's wrong reason for practicing. What you know? After a certain point, you'd like to settle into some sense with the long-time practitioners of well, what it's what's it actually about? Uh, now that we've figured out what it's not about. One of the ways I try to articulate that uh, would, would get summed up in one of the verses from our meal chants where we say, let us appreciate our life together. Uh, very fundamentally, this is a practice of appreciation. Um, we create a, a form that is about treating each moment just as it is as if it was it right? as if this was our life right? not as if it was a step towards something else not as if it was a means to an end that is you know, not working so well today but maybe tomorrow we'll get it right uh, not as any kind of step towards anything else, but treating each moment of our life as if we've already arrived. Right? Um, see, that, the end of practice, that's sort of the good news and the bad news. This is it. Right? <laughs> Which way do you want to see it? Right? <laughs> Now, I don't know that there's a way to make an effort to appreciate something. People can do sort of mindfulness exercises of attention, trying to concentrate on things. Uh, but in a way, it's like uh, being taken to, uh, out to a fancy restaurant and told to really appreciate what you're eating. Uh, you know, you put it in your mouth, you taste it, you either love it or you don't, right? Uh, if you really enjoy it, nobody tells you you've got to make a bigger effort to enjoy it more, right? It, it spontaneously draws that out of you. Uh, 
What's that again? I can't do it again. <laughs> just do it again.